0: Hello, welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different states who are excited to talk to each other and also to learn and grow alongside of each of you. My name is Megan. I'm Kristen. And
1: I'm Lauren.
0: Hey, sisters. Hey. Hey. The gang's all here. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Back again. Um, Well, yay. We are going to continue on with our entrepreneur series. We're really excited about today's interview. Um, Today, we have Jessica Chinye Lu. She is a Nigerian American wife, mom, boss, and motherhood and lifestyle content creator and corporate sponsorship consultant based in Dallas, Texas. As a lover of all things family, business, beauty, fashion, faith, and fitness, Jessica has attracted an audience of over 50,000 followers and over 1 million plus views on YouTube and Instagram. Whoop, whoop. Her, I know. It's amazing. Uh, we can learn from you, girl. Um, her passion for creating high-quality content has brought campaign partnerships with brands such as Herbal Essences, Kroger, Gillette, Walmart. Reebok, NYX, and Brinker International, to name a few. She has also been featured on BuzzFeed, Daily Mail UK, Cosmopolitan, ABC News, Good Morning Texas, Brides, and many more media platforms. Wow, Jessica, that's an amazing little intro there. You go, girl.
2: Thank you. Thank you. My husband and I went viral. That's why I have a lot of that media stuff there. Oh, I
0: didn't know that. What did y'all go viral for?
2: Um, So when we got married in 2016, during our engagement session, my wig fell off and I posted the pictures because I thought it was funny. And then everyone was like, oh my God, what a great moment. It was so authentic and (laughs) that's just who we are. So yeah, after that, like it just went crazy. We were a trend for a while.
3: (laughs) That's amazing. That is so cool. (laughs) Wait, I want to see this. Can you just like pull it up on your Instagram or... (laughs)
2: Yeah, so if you scroll, I mean, it's it's like all the way back in 2016 when I was posting a lot about our wedding, but um, yeah, if you scroll to the original post, it's like four different pictures, because I wanted to also show people that, hey, this was a real moment, this wasn't like planned, so it's like the photographer kept shooting, and then you see it, like the wig's just kind of like falling off my head, but yeah, if you just keep scrolling down on Instagram, you'll see it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, that's so cool. Um, well, yeah, me and Jessica got to work together for a little bit when I was doing a online boutique with my sister-in-law, and we even had a play date, but since COVID, I haven't got to see you, so I can't wait to do another, plo- uh, another play date soon. <laughs>
2: I know. I know. And we've
0: lived so close to one another. I you're know. like literally five minutes away from yes, me. Yes. We need a park park date soon. Well, thank you so much for doing this with us. When we talked about doing an entrepreneur series, I immediately thought of you um, and what all you're doing. So I'd love to just learn more about you in general, if you wanted to start by telling us like where you grew up and kind of what kind of brought you, I guess, a summary of what brought you to where you are today.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from Greenville, Texas. Um, It's a small country town that's like maybe about an hour outside of Dallas.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. And so my family owned a ranch out there and then in 2000, yeah, it was 99 or 2000, my family moved to Dallas and we've been here ever since. So I'm truly a Texas gal. Um, My dad's Nigerian and my mom, she's black American. Um, they met at a Grandy's in Greenville, and that's how I came about. <laughs> um, yeah, cute. so being here in Dallas, I love it. Honestly, I don't think I could live anywhere else in the U.S. Like, I love being in Texas, and specifically the DFW. If we were to live anywhere else, it would totally be, like, outside of the country. But Dallas is truly home. I love it here. I graduated from Lake Highland High School, and... In college, I went to Texas Women's. I got my MBA there as well as my bachelor's degree there, but I'm not really putting my bachelor's degree to use um, or my MBA at all. Um, I just really had a belief that, you know, I, I'm i gonna be an entrepreneur. I thought that I was gonna go to law school. Wow. Totally wasn't for me. Um, I think I wasted a lot of money going to college, seriously. <laughs> not really understanding everything that I was going to do. But back in 2009, a good friend of mine, he hit me up and he's like, Hey, Jess, I'd love for you to help me plan my Nigerian Independence Day party. And I was like, Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. I've never done anything like this before. But you know, hey, I you believe in me and I believe in myself. So let's do it. And so um, I got like some Some uh, rented a whole bunch of like tables and chairs and got some great decorations, got my girlfriends and they were the bartenders and the waitresses and servers for that evening and hostesses. And we just had a phenomenal time. And like that was that night really helped me to see that i have a gift of bringing people together and putting together like these amazing event experiences and so that evening there were two guys there i feel
0: like i'm just totally going into like this full-blown story yeah no i love it keep it going i'm like whoa i did not know any of this yeah no keep it going girl okay okay
2: cool so that that same night there were two guys that walked in and they were like man Bim, who 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 did all this? Like, who helped you with all this? Cuz I know you didn't do it by yourself. And he's like, "Jess, that's the woman that helped me put all of this together." And so They were like, we are bringing African artists to the United States and we want to create the same vibe, the same experience, and we would love for you to help us with it. We want to hire you. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have a business plan. Like, I didn't even charge my friend. Like, how do I charge for something like this? So um, it ended up being so awesome doing a bunch of tours with African artists and helping put all that together. So I kind of, like, became this, like, african club promoter all everybody in the african entertainment industry that was coming to the u.s to do shows i was their like go-to woman um and then that transformed into like doing things for super bowl weekend and all-star weekend but the thing about working in the club scene like I loved it, but it was like a party every single day of my life. Like I almost didn't graduate from college because I partied every day. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Sounds tiring.
2: (laughs) It was very tiring. And I mean, honestly, like I met my husband during my clubbing days and I just lived a very fast paced lifestyle. And so when I decided to like slow down. Um, I met a guy, he's one of my greatest mentors, him and his wife just kind of like took me in and they were like, Hey, you know, I think it's really time for you to like, give up the club scene. Like, I I think that you have a gift. You have really, you have something amazing to offer the world. Why don't you look into wedding planning? And so I got into wedding planning, absolutely hated it. I am (laughs) not like the type of person that loves to plan weddings. I don't like dealing with bridezillas. And so I took the experience of being this club promoter and someone that puts together events and this wedding planner, I took all that experience and started working and I'm working for like the Gaylord Texan. I became an event manager there. Oh,
0: cool. I was
2: an event manager at uh, Hilton over, oh God, it's a newer Hilton. It's right over here, like kind of by Legacy West over there. Okay. Um, and I also was an event manager at the Sheraton in downtown Dallas. So pretty large properties. Yeah. I really, really began to get like a ton of knowledge on how to work with multimillion dollar budgets for events and how to really secure like loads of sponsors um, for events. So I connected with a lot of good people. Um, that cool. was loads of fun. And then once I decided that, you know what, I don't want to work for anyone else the rest of my life, then that's when I started planning my own conferences. So cool. God, I just made like, a full blown story on like, oh, this is me. There's still so much to it. But yeah, that's how I got started in like doing everything that I
0: do now. Love it. That's so cool. Lauren, I was going to say Lauren's husband worked for Hilton for a long time. So I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. He worked for Hilton
1: corporate for 13 years. He actually just decided to leave corporate and start his own thing. But um, so I have a little taste of what being an event manager for big chains like that looks like. It's a lot of work.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. It's a ton of work. And that was actually one of the reasons why I decided to get out of it. I remember like, I actually prefer working at a larger property over a smaller property because when I worked for Hilton, that was a smaller hotel. I was the only event manager servicing like a primarily corporate hotel. And honestly, It was so much work. And I remember driving in the car. I would get up at like, be at the hotel at six o'clock in the morning and then wouldn't get home until like 1030 in the evening or at night. And I was bawling one evening. And my husband, he just told me at the time we were engaged, he's like, babe, you have to leave your job. He was like, because you just seem really unhappy right now. And I know you're making great money, but he was like, what good is it to make all this money? And you're not really happy. And this is how you go home every day. Mm -hmm. Like- tired your feet hurt and so that's when i just knew that uh i as much as i love planning events I really like the aspect of consulting people through the event process, Mm -hmm. um, but helping them to secure like the funding to host these major productions, Mm -hmm. Um, more of like the sales aspect of it instead of like the planning part. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And being on the floor, doing all the legwork, it's just, it's too much. And I was, honestly, I was miserable doing it, extremely yeah.
1: Well, thank you for sharing all that background. It helps to just get a kind of a big picture of how you got to where you are today. And I kind of just want to take it back. So, maybe this will offer you some comfort about not reg- <laughs> regretting all the expense involved in college, and that's something that our mom always shared with people is that her belief was that all college was is a time period for us to prove to ourselves that we can basically commit to something and follow through. So there you go. And you did that. Um, <laughs> but I was curious to ask too, whenever you were approached at your friend's event, how did you figure go about figuring out what to charge that first big event that you did?
2: Oh girl, <laughs> that's a really good question. Honestly, I did not know what the heck I was doing mm-hmm. and looking back I completely sold myself short. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I should have charged them way more like, oh my God, I was a freaking idiot back then. (laughs) Um, And for the amount of work and the hours that went into their project, oh my gosh. Like I said, it wasn't until I started working Go. I went back into corporate America and, and worked for different hotels to get an understanding of, oh, wait a minute, I should be charging this much? Like, this is what our fee is to host this event at the hotel. This is what they're charging, like, per hour for an event manager, for two conference coordinators to be a part of this, like... When you start looking at those type of numbers, you kind of feel like, I wonder, like, people who own their own firms, who aren't hotels, like, venues, how they charge. And so I started to do a lot of research on what's the fees for um, that event coordinators or Wedding planners charge or venues that are not hotels, like what do their fees look like? And that's what really helped me to begin to um, set up pricing tiers for my own wedding packages when I was a wedding planner. Um, But even with being a wedding planner and like a Nigerian wedding planner at that, like oh my God, like it's just insane. They wanted these Kim Kardashian weddings and then they have like the crazy, super small budgets. And then they'd have like 10,000 people show up to the wedding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my
2: gosh. I think that's probably another reason why I hated weddings so much is just because like I primarily did Nigerian weddings. And I don't know if you guys have ever attended a Nigerian wedding, but it's like, it's like a convention. Yeah.
0: I actually know. Yeah. I've never attended one, but I've heard just how much fun they are. (laughs) Like from the guest side, I guess, because my, our dad has a building that he inherited from his dad, him and our uncle. And they actually have, it's like a wedding venue. And so they've had quite a few Nigerian weddings there. And they're like, Yes. All like three days long, like all night long. It's a big thing. <laughs> so I can't imagine planning one. That's amazing. Oh, well, it's a
2: headache. It's a headache. <sighs> it really is a headache. I mean, now I, I feel like, you know, they're starting to change, but because there's a lot of bad stigma around Nigerian weddings and you don't want your wedding to be that one. Mm-hmm. that Everybody's <laughs> like, Oh God, the whole entire world showed up. So, oh
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I mean, Going back to your question, the research that I did was really just kind of studying the market. You know, that's how Mm -hmm. I learned to better position myself and actually come out profitable. But it certainly didn't start that way. I was just so excited at the fact that, oh, my God, somebody somebody wants to hire me. Like, I'm a a business. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you got to start somewhere. So that's great. So share with us kind of what your main focuses are today.
2: Yeah, so today um, I am a motherhood and lifestyle content creator and influencer. Um, I am also a sponsorship consultant because all of that knowledge that I've obtained over the last 10 plus years, I package that up um, and really, because a lot of times the questions that I get from people is, when you were hosting your conference, how did you get your conference sponsored? Um, So my husband, he was like, you know, babe, aren't you getting tired of going out to lunch with people and just kind of giving them all these ideas? Shouldn't they pay you for that time? And I was like, yeah, you know what? Let me make this a business. Mm -hmm. And that was actually the greatest thing that could have happened. Um, It's been extremely successful. I have a course through my consulting, my sponsorship consulting business, and it's great. Um, And then during the pandemic, Um, a lot of my clients were very concerned that no one's going to want to sponsor my event. Or people who maybe had shown interest in the past for signing up for my course, they were like, you know what, I think I'm going to hold off. I don't want to make that investment at this time because brands obviously will not sponsor an event during a global pandemic. And so I took a little pivot, or I made a pivot, Mm -hmm. and instead of focusing on corporate sponsorship seekers, I decided to take my corporate sponsorship sales methodology and use that to secure influencer campaigns. So I tested it out on myself using the same methods that I use to secure corporate sponsorships um, to see if I could get brands to sponsor like a virtual party. Um, And I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I I had a phenomenal time working with Stella Rosa, Pitch to Pottery Barn Kids, Pitch to the Container Store, um, just all of these unique ideas using the exact same process that I've been using for sponsorships. um, And it worked very, very well. So now I've kind of tapped into a new market of teaching influencers how to secure brand campaigns and teaching my sponsorship seekers how to transform their event ideas into extravagant or bomb dope virtual campaigns or virtual events. Um, So that way brands will trust them to like with their dollars to sponsor those programs and they partner together and all that good stuff. So So um, what I'm focused on right now, I absolutely love it. This has actually been the best year so far in business. Like it's been great. And I just, I truly thank God for that because I know for some people you know, during a global pandemic, it's been very challenging and, and hard, but I just thank God that I was able to make a pivot and see great success from it. So that's what I'm focused on right now.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And props to you. I think that it takes um, creativity and courage and bravery to think outside of the box. And I think that that's a common theme that I feel like we're hearing from all of our entrepreneurs that we've interviewed so far is just one of the most important things in your business is to be willing and able to pivot and know when and have the courage to do so. And so that's exactly what you did. So that is so amazing. And we can learn, all of us can learn from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. For sure.
0: Yeah. And this was kind of going a little bit backwards, but I did want to ask kind of when you left the corporate world and kind of took that leap of faith, I always am curious like how that whole journey came about and was it just like you made the decision and you did it or was it there was a planning period to like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and how long did that kind of take you to kind of go off on your own?
2: Yeah, really good question. So When my good friend Bim hit me up and asked to plan his Nigerian Independence Day party, I was actually working as a paralegal um, at a law firm. And I remember the attorney that I worked for just saying, hey, I love you. I think you're great. But I honestly don't think that this is the career path for you. Um, And I really appreciate bosses that can see that in someone like he did not want to hold me back. It's not like I wasn't performing well. He just said, I I hear you talk about like, everything that you're doing outside of here. And you have you're so passionate about it. And he's like, I mean, it's up to you what you want to do, but I don't think you should be here. (laughs) He's like, Oh, go and venture off and do your own thing. Um, Wow. I was actually very grateful for that. I mean, he gave me like, A month to make a decision and I finally just said you know I thanked him and we actually are still in contact till this day like we talk on Facebook all the time and he's always giving me props and I thank God for that because I think that a lot of times like you will work for someone and they see greatness in you. But because of the great work that you do for them, they want to just keep you there. Or he could have just fired me and been like, oh, you're horrible. Like, you're not doing anything for my business. You know, like, all you do is come to work and talk about everything that you do outside of here. But he didn't do that. Like, he just really talked to me and said, I don't I don't think that you're going to be a lawyer. And he's like, I'm not gonna lie. I hate being a lawyer, too. But this is what I've, this is what I, I don't have any other choice right now. Um, Aww. so I left corporate at that time when I was working as a paralegal, um, tried the whole doing my business thing, but it didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. Um, just because I hadn't done the research on how to really set yourself up as a successful entrepreneur, Um, I wasn't around the right people. And that's when I had to go back and start working for different hotels. Um, And even after working for different hotels, I took a little bit of time off to figure out like how to really structure my business. But of course, you're an adult, you have bills to pay. And yeah, I took on different sales jobs until I became a mom. And when I became a mom is when I felt like, okay, I'm ready. I actually had a had a plan of leaving corporate America in 2020, which was actually... Or no, 2021. That was the plan. Aww. Yep, that was the plan. And then my husband, he was like, babe, I don't think you need to go back to work. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to sit at home and be a mom. And he was like, well since I've known you, you've always been very entrepreneurial. And he's like, I think this is the time to do what you really want to do. And I'm so happy he pushed me because I was just like, no, I need to still stay at my cybersecurity sales job, save this amount of money. And yeah, I would have taught, I was going to talk myself out of leaving my job, but I just, I don't know. Like that when I was at home, I was working from home and being at home, I enjoyed being at home with my kid. But I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, I know I shouldn't go back to work because there's something inside of me that I just, I need to do it. And thankfully, I yeah. didn't I sat at home with a whiteboard and just started asking God, like, all these questions. And the number one question that I asked him was, God, how do I monetize my gifts? And it was through that that he just started, like, downloading all these different ideas into me and how to turn my gifts and, um, like just all of my gifts into products or services. And my, the game changed after that. Like,
0: it's so, I love that.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how like the journey, the up and down journey of just saying, okay, I'm done with corporate. So 2018- was the official year that like, okay, Jessica is never going back to corporate America.
1: Wow.
3: Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> something you said kind of reminded me of, I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but my mom used to always say like, when you're feeling lost and not sure what you want to do, the best thing to do is sit down and write down all the things you're passionate about, all the things you love and try to find something, um, Making money and doing the most of those on the list, <laughs> um, and I always love that advice because it's like you know it's scary not knowing exactly what you want to do. So it's th- that reminded me of that when you were talking just a second ago. So
2: yeah, no, that's exactly how it was. Is I just. Like, specifically, the conversation went like this. And I don't know if you guys have ever had these, like, interesting encounters with God, but I've yes. had some crazy encounters with God. And, I mean, it's like I asked him a question and he responded. And then after I would asked him that question of how do I monetize my gifts, his specific response back was, I want you to write down everything that you've done over the last 10 plus years. And I wrote all of those things down and I was like, okay, now what? And he's like, okay, now I want you to remove Everything that you hated, you didn't like, and that you do not see in your future. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be a wedding planner. I know I'm never going back to corporate America. I know that I would never do anything like club promoting again and entertainment promotion, stuff like that. Um, and then he's like, okay, what what else do you see for your future? And I just began to Write all those things down. And then he said, now let me help you with a strategy on how you can monetize each one of these things. And I kid you not, like, I would say within 30, 60 days, I just started putting, I don't know, I feel like miracles just began to happen in my life. I I don't even feel like I was doing a lot. And I think that's how God works, especially like if this is how God works when you truly trust him. And you give everything to him, you like completely surrender everything to him. I feel like you don't have to hustle. Like I don't believe in hustle. I feel like things just kind of happen for you, like when you're flowing with him. And that's what I feel like my life has been like and my business has been like over the last two years is because I'm flowing with him and and, then flowing with the spirit of God. I don't really have to worry about, oh my God, I have to hustle for these clients people just somehow find me and mm-hmm. connect with me and i'm truly truly grateful for that because i know that's that's not everyone's story but this is why i encourage People, especially entrepreneurs, to invite God into your business and watch how He will work for you. Like He's working for me daily. Yeah. Daily.
1: That just gave me chills. I love that, Jessica. And I was smiling whenever you were talking because I'm like, whoo, God pulled a Tony Robbins on you and was just coaching you through that. I love it. (laughs) And speaking of Tony Robbins, I don't know if you're a fan, but you also kind of touched on something that I. I'm not going to quote it exactly how he said it, but sometimes it's best for us to focus on our why and then the how will come. And so I think we all sometimes can get stuck in the questions of, well, how am I going to do this? And even after we write down all the things we love, we're like, okay, so now we've gotten this far, but how are we going to make this happen? And it's like, take a step back and kind of exactly what you're saying. And I love the advice of bringing God into your business. That's amazing. And so just keep an eye on the why and the how will come. So I think that's another way of what you said. And then just the law of attraction of when you put out there what you really want for your business and for your life, I do believe that it starts to flow and God brings the people in our life that that we can help each other grow. So I really, really love that.
0: Yeah. And I just wanted to add, it's like the perfect day for this conversation because I think I even was talking to Kristen before we got on here just about how in all situations you really have to give your life to God. And there's also a piece that you mentioned that you have to believe that He's got you. And I think sometimes like in the past, I've given my life to God and my I think I have. And then like, I have doubt, like, I'm like, Oh no, I got to control some of this, you know? (laughs) So I like what you said there. And that's really, really cool to hear. And I've always been drawn to you. I think for sure, like everybody is because of God's spirit for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. God. Look, girl, I, I give God credit for everything in my life and You know, I I also think that um, a lot of times, like, people are just waiting for this aha or I've arrived moment. And I feel like everything that's happened in my life was definitely, like, all planned. Um, I also don't think that it was, like, an accident. Like, I don't think that it's a mistake that, you know, here I was, my friend Ben asking me to help plan his Nigerian Independence Day party. I don't think that it was a mistake that you know I trans- started a business and the business didn't work out. I don't think that it was a mistake that me being a wedding planner or a corporate uh, meeting planner, I don't think any of those things were a mistake. I feel like they were all just helping me get to the woman that I am now or and helping mm-hmm. help me become the woman that I am now. And I'm literally using every single one of those skill sets, everything that I've learned in the different hats and the roles that I've that I've uh, been in. And it, it's all helped my business to be what it is. And I'm I'm truly grateful for that. And you know, if there's anybody that's listening that's just kind of wondering, well, like, oh, I've done this, I've done that, really just think about like how you can package all of those gifts up into something that's great. Cause I'm just learning now that people will pay a lot of money for knowledge. They're they're always searching for something that they don't know or something that can help them take them next level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, somehow I feel like God has just connected me with some, some of the most amazing women in this past, the past few months. And one of them, um, she's a seven figure entrepreneur And I remember her sitting down with me and saying, hey, you know, you should start a course. And I was like, well, who pay me for a course? And, you know, when you do a little bit of research on, you know, the e-learning market, I mean, it's projected that by year 2025, it is going to be a three hundred and twenty five billion dollar industry. She's like, "Girl, you need to tap into that. She was like, create a course and have people pay you for all that great knowledge. And it is working very well. So, um, I never, ever would have thought that I would have a course. Um, I never, ever would have thought that I would be doing some of the things that I'm doing today. Never, ever. But I thank God that I'm here. And I thank God that I took the time to package my knowledge because people will pay good money for knowledge. So
3: mm-hmm. for sure. I, I did want to ask Jessica, just, you know, with starting your business, did you have to like keep your, you know, quote unquote day job or did you have like a plan Um to start the business, because obviously, or I don't know, you know, you might not be making income right away. I was just curious what your plan was for that.
2: Yeah, so um, when I, so I was, I, I, haven't really talked a ton about you know, woman of purpose, which is my nonprofit. Um, it wasn't really profitable for me. Like I would host one conference a year. Um, and I would get it sponsored. But again, it wasn't profitable. So I had to keep my full time job when I was doing woman of purpose. And that was kind of like the struggle and the challenge that I had in battle that I was having when I made the decision to leave corporate America, which was, OK, God, all I have is this nonprofit that isn't profitable at all. So what am I going to do? Because I, it's been so long since I've packaged myself as a brand or an entity, like this is all I got over here. What am I going to do? So my plan was, I'm not going to leave corporate America until 2021. Once I have all this money saved and I have this great big business plan, I've got products. So I'm running, I'm working the nine to five and managing my business, but it actually ended up not working out like that. It was I left my job and I didn't have a plan. (laughs) I just literally made the decision that, okay, I'm going to leave. God, it's just me and you and my husband and my baby. That's it. Um, Yeah. It ended up working out. um, And I know like, there are some people who will say, don't leave your full-time job unless you have six months or 12 months of savings or three years worth of savings. I mean, I just feel like it's so different for everyone. Like one of my girlfriends who I hired as a business coach a few years ago, um, hers was, I'm not going to leave my full-time gig until I'm actually making the same salary that I'm making at my full-time gig in my business. Um, And that was kind of like the plan that I had. I was going to try and take on that same path. But um, it ended up not working out that way, which was really scary because, I mean, you're like, I'm just going to leave my job and I don't have a plan for how I'm going to make the same amount of money. Um, There was no plan. It was literally just, again, you know, me, my husband and my kid and God and me staring at this whiteboard. Um, But if I, looking back, yes, I do believe that you absolutely have to trust God, but that, how it happened for me, I don't think that that works out for everyone. You, everyone's situation is different. Um, I do think that you should plan towards it. Um, I've had other friends that have quit jobs and then they go and spend loads of money on a product that doesn't work or something that doesn't work. Um, and I'm really big on like test out like your methodology. Test it out to see like will people actually purchase. And so for me, um, one of the things that helped me is I started getting booked to speak at a lot of different conferences and events. And there was one particular event that I spoke at where I used uh, the audience as like my testers and I gave them like a free consultation with me, a free 45 minute consultation. And I was basically having like sales calls with them to say, hey, well, you know, they're giving them my pitch And I had over 60% of them sign up for my program. Um, So that's how I knew that, okay, if I, once I actually launch this and I put this product out there, people are going to purchase it. Um, And so I do think that if you're, trying, if you are working full time, if you're a mom or someone that's listening, that's still trying to figure it out, always test the market to see if this is something that people, some like people will buy into test it always. I'm big on testing
0: things. Totally. Um, and I was, yeah, I was going to ask you, I know it's, we don't have enough time for you to go into like an actual course that you teach, but do you have any just like tips or tricks on working with large brands? Cause that's, I know one of uh, like a class you teach, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I am, I really, uh, let's see, I have a lot of tips, honestly. Um, (laughs) So I think the first tip that I would say, because before you start to reach out, do a lot of outreach to these different brands, um, I think the most important thing to do is really take time to research the brand research the individuals that you're supposed to um your con- the contact of the brand. You want to research to make sure that you're a good fit because I've worked with client
0: Gotcha. Where,
2: yeah, I've worked with clients where they try and pitch a brand. Um I just ha- spoke with someone the other day and she was reaching out to Sprouts and they the first time they told her no and they said the reason why we can't work with you is because your page is not really a reflection of the type of audience that we're, we're looking to serve. And so she took some time to change up her page, um, to, you know, where it showed a little bit more about the brand Uh, that's more like what sprouts is, you know, what they reflect and what they show on their Instagram channels and things like that. And like three months later, after changing up her content, she ended up Uh securing a deal with them. So research really, really helps. Um, The second thing that I would say as far as a tip um, is engaging with the brand. So um, it's so funny because someone posted today, she said, please don't reach out to a brand if you don't actually follow them or you've never actually engaged like one of their Instagram stories, you've never commented on a post. And it's so true because... That brand is going to be looking, what if they go and check? You send them an email saying, oh my God, I love Home Depot. And then guess what? You're not following them and you've never had any interaction with them. Um, And those are things, that's when brands start to kind of look at you as like, instead of you really looking at this as a true partnership and a relationship that you're building, you kind of just look at us as a dollar sign. And if you're looking yeah. at us as a dollar sign, then I, only, I can only imagine how the par- a partnership with you is going to come off to your audience. Um, and, the, and the last tip that I'll say is brands really love it when you can, when you pitch something to your audience or you post something about a product um, to your audience, they want it to feel super organic. They don't want it to feel like an ad. And so as you're thinking about pitching to different brands or if you're an influencer that, uh, aspiring influencer that really wants to work with brands, think about it like this. Like no one really is, it's not believable if you only post about a brand one time. So I, when I take on projects or I take on campaigns, I want to tell a story about my life with a brand. Um, So that way people can actually see that this is truly something that I use in my home. Um, This is something that we use on a daily basis, not I'm just going to make this one time post. You guys see it once and you never see it again. It's something that you're going to see constantly throughout my stories, throughout my Instagram page. So as you pitch to brands or when even when brands reach out to you, let them know that, hey, I'm not just interested in a one-time post. I want to build a relationship with you and show my audience that this is truly authentic. So um, those are three different tips. But, man, I could go in. I have so many more tips. There's, gosh, a lot.
0: Those are really good, though, those three tips. I feel like I just learned a lot right there. So Yeah, they're very impactful.
1: And earlier you mentioned how – with the COVID and everything that a lot of things have kind of switched to more virtual and online. And I'm curious with those specifically, like the virtual events that you mentioned, does one big tip there kind of stand out that you would like to share? And also I'm curious to get your opinion on if you think that this is kind of the new way that's going to stick, or do you think once things kind of get back or COVID kind of goes away, hopefully um like where do you see that kind of falling?
2: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So a part of my consultation um, or my consulting firm, one of the things that we do is we have like a done-for-you service where we we will pitch some of our clients. We'll handle all the pitching for them. So um, we have one client that we're pitching for. She is set on having an in-person event in February. And one of the challenges that we're having is that a lot of the brands that she's wanting to pitch to – when we get in meetings with them, they love her. They love her. They love her entire brand. But the company from the top down, like they're not sponsoring. Any, they have zero plans to sponsor any in-person events. So we all we had was an in-person activation strategy. And we had to go back and change that. Thankfully, these brands, because they're, they love her and they really want to work with her, we were able to secure... Um, a really good contract with the brand um, because we created like some digital experiences. And some of those digital experiences are like, oh, um, she's going to do a virtual workshop with her general audience and then a virtual workshop with her actual attendees of her event. Um, And the reason for doing that is because obviously with her general audience, she has a much larger general audience than the 300 people that are going to be at the actual event. But some brands just don't want to put their name on anything that's in person where there could potentially be a COVID outbreak. No brand wants that. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I had to say like what would be the best tip to help secure virtual uh, funding for like your virtual event or virtual campaigns, um, data is everything. Um, It is everything because you have to look at it like this. You actually, what people fail to realize about virtual experiences is you actually have a larger reach than you you would with an in-person event. The only way that you're going to reach the digital people or people globally is when you're posting about the uh, the recap of everything that happened, and 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 unless you have like a ton of great digital post event campaigns that you're launching, and the the truth of the matter is, I, I see it all the time. Most people don't have a really good post event digital campaign strategy, and so some of the things that I mean by data, and I'll I'll kind of like walk you through what it was like whenever I worked with Stella Rosa for that digital campaign or digital virtual party. Um, great, cool. One of the things that I did, um, which you don't see a lot of people do, especially influencers, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it where... There are uh, they do influencers do these giveaways and they do it because they're looking to get followers. But the thing about getting followers is, let's say Instagram were to go away. If Instagram goes away, then all those followers you don't have their contact information. And so for the Stella Rosa campaign, one of the things that they found very attractive is not only did we make it a giveaway where they were able to get over four thousand followers and four thousand new followers, where everyone who was a part of giveaway they got all of that plus we created a landing a unique landing page for the giveaway so anyone one of the rules is that you have to Follow all of the accounts that we're following, plus you have to enter the giveaway with your name, first and last name, email address, because we know that we want to reach out to this audience, everyone who registered for the giveaway, we want to reach out to them for future campaigns. And they were all moms. One of the other things was they all had to be moms. Um, So now we don't just have them as a follower, but we also have their contact information so we can reach out to them for future campaigns. Another thing that we were able to do was send them email campaigns. So we had a whole entire email campaign strategy and throughout that entire campaign, we emailed them about six times. We were able to keep track of the data of like the open rate, the click-through rate. We were able to see all of that And then another part of our strategy was in order for you to win the prize, you had to be on the Instagram live. We had probably about for an Instagram account that has only 3000 followers, we had about 850 people who attended live to that event. So you can already see that the brand, they found that to be a very successful campaign. Not only did they find that to be a very successful campaign, but we had all of the data to back it up.
0: So, um, (laughs) yeah, mic drop.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So it's, I don't think that, uh, people understand the power of numbers and how you get those numbers. Even if it was, there were only a hundred people that showed up for that Instagram live or a hundred people that, you know, we had email addresses for, The email addresses and the hundred people on the Instagram live, we have their contact information. And sometimes when people do campaigns, they're like, Oh, I have this many followers. And the data has to go beyond just the number of followers that you have. It has to go way beyond that because with Instagram, there is a lot of noise. You're competing with so many people, um, so many different salespeople, so many different events. So, your data and the strategy to gain that data is what's key to helping you secure sponsors for virtual events or for helping you secure brand campaigns uh with uh, brands for virtual party experiences or just partnering with them period data is everything wow such good
1: stuff Jessica this has been yeah. so helpful and i we i feel like we could gain so much more knowledge from you but um Our time is coming up. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to share with our listeners?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, you know, I'm always doing like teachings and trainings on Instagram and I love helping people. People always have a ton of questions for me and if it's something that I can answer pretty quickly, I'll usually get back to you in a DM. If not, I'll just say, hey, tap the link in my bio and there's lots of great resources there for you. But um, if, if I could say anything, like, you know, I think that everyone in some shape or form has uh, an entrepreneurial gift in them. Um, we all have gifts. And I think that they, we all have the ability to monetize with our influence. And so um, rather than just Use social media platforms as just, you know, ways to post about your life and the cool things that are happening in your life. Find small ways to monetize the little things that are happening in your life. Even if it's something as simple as people always ask me, what cleaning products do I use? Hey, monetize that. Set up a reward style account or an Amazon affiliate program account and get paid every time you tell somebody about those products that you use in your home. Um, But I think everyone has something in them that can truly help them monetize what they do or what they believe in or what they stand for. I
1: love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. And how do you, I'm just curious if it's, if it's a quick answer for like Amazon say, how do you, who do you reach out to, to look into getting an affiliate with them?
2: Oh, that's actually really easy. Um, You can set up like a, they have this link. If you just Google Amazon influencer. So there's two, a couple of different ways that you can do it with Amazon. They have their Amazon influencer fashion program. And there's that one. Then there's the Amazon affiliate program. Then there's the Amazon influencer program. Either one of those, you just apply for it online um, there's some direct links and it's super easy on how you get set up. If you can't get um, if you're still sometimes Amazon takes a little bit longer to approve. There's also another way that you can get paid through Amazon by going through reward style. So there's shopstyle.com and then there's rewardstyle.com. So with reward Style or shop style, either one of those websites, um, basically it's like almost kind of like Instagram. You And people can shop your feed and you can actually, I think reward style is connected to like to know it. Um, So if you post something that you purchase from Amazon onto your like to know it or onto your reward style, you can still get commissions from that. I think reward style will pay you a little bit less than what uh, Amazon would pay you, but it's still another way of getting commissions. I I, I will tell you, I'm on all of them. I'm on all of them just because Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey- I want, I want people to shop all of my links so that way I can make mm-hmm. some little commissions there. I mean, and there are some influencers that make a killing on those um, mm-hmm. affiliate link platforms. So it, and it's super simple. Just rewardstyle.com or, or like to know it, shopstyle.com. You can Google all of them and they'll come up for you.
1: Good to know. Now Now I understand why whenever I click on those links, it like takes you through our style or whatever, and then takes you to the Amazon link. So now it makes sense.
2: That's why just know that that means that someone is making a commission off that. So that our style means the person is using reward style.
1: Got it. How funny. I did not know that the world of influencing is so amazing to me. It's (laughs) funny
0: because Lauren um, lived in, not that everybody all over the world uses Instagram, but I feel like you moved to China for five years and you weren't on social media and then you came back and there was like this whole world of, oh, nice.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel <laughs> like I lived in a, in a hole for at least four years. So even just like posting a story to me when we came back, I'm like, Hey girls, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's so. definitely,
2: uh, it's, I feel like Instagram is forever changing, you know, something that once started as a platform to share pictures um, mm-hmm. has now evolved into probably one of the largest money-making platforms in the world. Um, mm-hmm. It's used the right way. And I mean, we've got reels, they've got videos and now I think they're going to eventually have it set up to where people can just start selling their products on Instagram lives. Um, which I mean, people have already been doing anyway, but now like Instagram is going to um, give people like a direct button inside of the live for people to purchase. So um, wow, wow. It's, they're already testing it out. Now um, I was on someone's live the other day and they had like a, a almost kind of like a donate button. Actually it was a donate button. And you just hit that or you could give her a tip. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was so interesting. So you're getting paid directly through Instagram. It's, it's crazy. Wow.
1: It's Making it very convenient. <laughs> Well, you are just full of knowledge and we so appreciate you coming on and spending time with us today and sharing with our listeners some amazing tips. And... I would like you to share with our listeners, if you have a challenge with us for the week, we would love that. And then also let everyone know where they can find Jessica Chenyelu because I know everyone's going to want to come follow you after this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. I really, really enjoyed our time together today. Um, if I had to give a tip, one of the tips that I've been challenging myself to do this month um, is really take my meditation more seriously and and be very intentional about it. So um, some different things that you can do to help with your meditation time is Don't go to bed with your cell phone next to you. So a lot of times we rely on our cell phones to wake us up in the morning. So we have that alarm clock on our cell phones. Instead of using your cell phone as your alarm clock, actually go out and purchase an alarm clock. So that way, the first thing that you're grabbing is not always your cell phone. Um, I have this thing that I do where I will have a practice where I write down five things that I'm grateful for before I go to bed. I used to use my notes tab for that inside of my phone. Um, the other thing that I would do is I would wake up in the morning and say, uh, write down five things that I want to see manifest for the day. And of course, in the evening, if those things happen, I'm usually thankful for it. But instead of using your notes tab, actually take time to like use a journal. So have a gratitude journal. I like to call mine my miracle book. Um, so have that miracle book and your actual alarm clock right next on your nightstand that way again you're not picking up your phone every single day like when you wake up and before you go to bed Um, and also like when you charge it either charge it in your bathroom or charge it like on somewhere else in your room that's not in close to reach or it's not in reach the other thing to help with help on this challenge of taking your meditation more seriously is actually pencil in on your calendar or put inside your phone like block out time for you. If it's 30 minutes, if it's an hour, but t- uninterrupted time where you just get to have your you time. And during that you time is where you get to have your self reflection time or your self meditation time. But those are three things that you can do to really help you be more intentional about your meditation. And I know that meditation looks very different for everyone. For some people, mm-hmm. meditation is them in their closet journaling. For others, it could be For an hour, I am in my car, just you know, sitting down, or I'm driving to the grocery store. It's after I drop off my kid at school when I just get to have some quiet time. It could be I pulled up in the garage. I like to listen to you know my Hot Topics on Kiss FM, and then I turn Mm -hmm. off the car. I mean, that's this is I'm literally walking out like what it looks like for me because everyday meditation might look a little different, but it's yeah. I don't have my cell phone. That's the key thing is because I just feel like sometimes phones can get in the way of everything. When you're writing down your notes tab, you have like notifications that are coming up from Instagram or Facebook or somebody texting you. It just, there's always something. So you don't want to have interrupted meditation time. So that's my, that's my challenge for the week.
0: That's I love that really good stuff.
1: Yes. And I think I'm going to go by an alarm clock because I am guilty. So. <laughs> oh
0: girl, Yeah. yeah me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And let us or let our listeners know where to find you.
2: Yes, you can find me at Jessica Chinyelu, And that is J-E-S-S-I-C-A. C-H-I-N-Y-E-L-U and if you follow me there on Instagram if you click the link in my bio that'll take you to everything else that you need to find so my YouTube channel, my website my blog post, uh, my services if you want to work one on one with me as well as some free resources that I have in my on my blog and on my website
1: woohoo, All alright
0: thank you
2: Yeah.
1: Thanks, Jessica. Everybody go check her out. She's so much fun to follow. We love her. And so we know you will too. And listeners, thank you for tuning in another week and we will see you guys next week. Have a good day.
0: Yes. See you next week.
1: Bye.
2: Bye.